Hey, community fans, if you're enjoying the podcast, uh, consider backing me on Patreon and becoming a patron uh, for as little as two bucks a month. It is really helpful for me uh, to keep things going and uh, keep the podcast moving forward. Thanks. Bye-bye. Hey, community fans, this week I'm talking to Chris Brannon, uh, whose credits include movies like La La Land, Her, and a personal favorite, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Uh, and in addition to community, he worked on TV shows like Big Little Lies and most recently The Morning Show. So, Chris, welcome to Six Seasons in a Podcast. Oh, well, thank you. Glad to be here. Um, so, uh, let's start uh, by um, kind of getting to know you and you know so tell me what you do um, in your career well I you know work in Hollywood as a you know in the construction department uh, for TV shows movies um, building sets and uh, you know like you listed down a couple of the shows Big Little Lies Sharp Objects La La Land oh, I love La La Land and um most of all community mm-hmm. and um i've been building in uh los angeles since about uh 2005 and before that i was in new orleans and uh working on some movies out there great and uh yeah so you know my forte i work as in the construction department sometimes it's just what we call a prop maker it's the carpenter and then um uh, that's how I started off on community and then later became a gang boss where I was running a crew of guys and then general foreman, uh, for, um, here and there throughout the season. And, um, but I also since then picked up my construction coordinator card so I can run construction department on shows. That's, that's awesome. Um, thanks for that background. Um, you know, what made you interested in TV? Like where, how did you, uh, Well, I started off in theater and I just have a love for theater and building theater sets and uh, working backstage. I did some acting, but I I just love the backstage. And uh, then I happened into working in movies in New Orleans and then uh, doing that for a couple of years. And then Katrina hit Mm. and. you know, and I was single, you know, had, um, you know, evacuating, going, thinking I'm be back in about a week. I threw about a week's worth of clothes in the car and some of my tools and then evacuated to my brother's house. And then after about a week, when they said we couldn't get back, I was like, uh, I talked to some people I worked with on Big Mama's House, too. And he said, come out to California. We'll put you to work. So. I drove west and ended up in L.A. <laughs> wow. So That's great. Um, so you mentioned, I, I could tell that uh, La La Land was one of your favorites. You know, what, what made yes. that one uh, stand out? You know, it was um, me being a musical theater mm-hmm. background yeah. and the, just the thought that I'm working on a Hollywood musical. It was just great. And uh, our construction crew was just absolutely fantastic we had um they were some great great people and um we got to build fun stuff you know it's i don't know if you remember the planetarium scene when they go in there and they you know they um 
she throws the, the switch like a you know old like laboratory switch right in front of the planetarium and then right before they float in the air well i got to build that oh, you know yeah. you know and there's like to be able to see little things that i got to build and um not to mention i just love the movie it's just a beautiful yeah. movie yeah um what makes uh for building fun things what you know what kind of things um do you get to build that are um and we'll get to some community questions that we, there are, are fantastic sets that you got to build, but you know, what do you normally look for or what excites you when you kind of get your building uh, materials in, in a plan and say, Oh, wow, we're, we're building this. What, what kind of things? Oh, when, um, you know, when we're doing something other than a standard old apartment set or, yeah. you know, someone's living room, you know, done so many of those. Yeah. And then, um, to be uh, having a set of prints and saying, you know, for you know, building furniture, that gets to be fun. But then um, it's anything that I haven't done before, something that's going to challenge me, something that I'm going to have to talk to the other guys, say, hey, how would you do this? Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, um, it's always a challenge. It's never, you know, it, it's never two things and same. It's, uh, you know, you, you do something one time and then you're going to apply that building method to the next time and apply it to the next time and, you know, figure things out as you go. Yeah. What are your everyday, uh, like skills then? Like what, what are you, um, you know, obviously carpentry and it's, um, you know, the term, you know, our title is prop maker and that comes from back, um, uh back in the 30s when there was um the dispute uh between two different unions the carpenters union and then our union got into the movies and to differentiate ourselves we got we started calling ourselves prop makers mm-hmm. and so that but it you know just means um the carpenters and um for that, you know, it's, there's different skills. Like if you can, you know, there's guys that really good at, you know, framing houses, you know, doing framing. And uh, there's a lot of that that comes in, especially like if we're building a deck. Uh, I don't know if you saw the morning show, but like Alex's, Jennifer Anderson's apartment is, you know, it it's on a six foot high deck hmm. and with a backdrop around it. So that way you get the depth when you're seeing the backdrop. So, you know, there's guys that can build that, you know, big structures. And then you got other people that, you know, are really good with doors and windows. And then some people that are the MacGyver types, you know, that <laughs> I got this oddball <laughs> thing I need to build. Uh, did A blanket um, for it. One time. Like a blanket oh, fort, or oh my god, okay, <laughs> something like that. One of the one of the coolest things we ever did was on community was the geodesic dome cushion fort. Mm. Oh, and yeah. they called um, they called for a geodesic dome, and we're like, how do we build that? I mean, we know the basics of it, but how do we do it? So um, the construction coordinator did some searching on the internet, found this lady who um, she makes uh, geodesic dome kits 
out of conduit pipes and bolts and you know she she cuts everything to length and pounds the ends flat and drills holes and sells them for people to bring to burning man hmm. and um we told her what size we wanted and so she sent us all the pipes and the bolts and the blueprints because burning man you're standing out in the desert the blueprint was actually a t-shirt she prints it on a t-shirt so one person wears the t-shirt that's really great <laughs> and um and gets to build the dome so you know that was fun it was a a conduit frame then we cut plywood triangles to fit in there just a little shy you know so mm -hmm. it'd be just kind of snug gave it to the set decorators who went out and got it covered with fat you know foam and fabric and then you know, then we pushed each one in so it was a nice tight fit. And that uh I wish it got more screen time, but mm. it was it was an amazing thing to build. Hmm. Well it's getting some appreciation here and uh I know that everyone listening will be really thrilled with that story. That that's awesome. Um so a question about uh, that will help us transition because um, I'm curious about what makes for a fun set. You know, I've I've heard people say, you know, it, some of this is is my job, so it's been, it was a job, and I get that. Um, but what makes for a fun set? I think when you um, can do something, pull off something that um, – that looks really amazing on the screen and something that um, takes a lot of detail. I'm going to circle back to La La Land, the planetarium. Um, if you've seen the movie, uh, you know, they, they go to Griffith Observatory mm -hmm. and that we actually filmed on the grounds there. And they go through to the room that is the um, uh, where the planetarium is with the projector screen. Now that we built on a sound stage because you know the Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone were flying on that. They had to have cables and rigging mm -hmm. for it, and you couldn't do that at the Griffith Observatory. So um, each one of the sections of walls, and I think there was like thirty-eight sections of you know an Art Deco, and it was everything had little details, and there are light boxes in there, and the. Um, the double doors, which unfortunately you don't see until the very end of that scene, and it's over their shoulder right when they kiss, so it means nobody noticed it. <laughs> <laughs> but the two, the two double doors, uh, the sky and I worked on that thing for about a week and a half, and there were over 488 individual little parts we cut to make it look, you know, for plantons to get to copy the same detail of the Art Deco raised brass style so you know that was that was exciting because uh you know we were copying the planetarium everybody a friend of mine who's a welder was doing you know the guardrail around the projector and um these other guys that um just these masters of of carpentry were laying out to each of the sections of the back wall so it was it, it everything really challenged us on yeah. that um the montage at the end with the freeway ramps you know the cartoony free freeway ramps there's this guy bob carmody who he laid out all that on the stage floor doing this method of of figuring out radius that was 
just mind blowing that we all we were all like amazed by the guy and saying, oh, okay, now this is great. I learned something new. And he laid out, had all these curved ramps um, figured out, built it, set up, fit everything, fit perfect. So, you know, it's like doing something that's just not um, your normal little run of the mill bedroom, you know? Yeah. Well, I think we're going to have a lot of homework to, uh, to refresh our memories, uh, to, you know, everything that you're sharing with us. So I'm, I'm really excited to go back and, and watch some of these shows and films, um, to see your work. Um, so let's talk about the community. That's, uh, why we're here. And, and, um, I'd love to know, um, you know, so what, what was your job, uh, primarily on that, uh, show? Um, I started off as just one of the prop makers and um it's on season one and i was there for all six seasons Mm -hmm. by season two i was a gang boss and um kind of acting between the general foreman and the construction crew of you know getting the sets done and now um community (laughs) we had um no real big budget to do things yeah. you know we had to figure it out as we went and things happened fast and loose you know they would sometimes we only you know they this script was working on till the last minute yeah. sometimes we would get the idea of what the the set is just a few days beforehand and um so i got to have over over time kind of developed the institutional knowledge of the sets. You know, I knew um, the ins and out of all the sets, the different little secret hatch doors we had, the um, wet sets that we used before that I could, you know, repurpose, you know, not everything was saved. We saved some of the walls and then we sliced them up and turned them into something different. The sets, the previously used sets, okay. what we call uh, a swing set. Okay. And what a swing set is, is not like the thing in your backyard, yeah. but it's uh, um, things that sets that are going to be used for only a scene or two and then taken apart. Mm. And um, those sets, we don't save. We, um, well, I mean, to, to shoot again, we would just save the walls and then slice and dice and turn it into something new um yeah i think there's a the the especially from the first season um the boats uh you know episode where they're um on captain uh shirley is captaining the ship and uh, yes. i remember in the uh the commentary that they talked about building this this uh classroom just for the sake of being able to go drive past the 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 classroom window um so that's a kind of a swing set where they literally built it just for for that one purpose and then yeah yeah. that happens that happens quite a lot Hmm. now i think what will help you know let me um give you give everybody an idea of the sets it was we we were seasons one through five we were at Paramount mm-hmm. and uh, Paramount Studios, and we were on stages 31 and 32. And uh, those stages, by the way, were the same stages used for the original Star Trek. Mm. Um, 
those stages were also used for uh, Mel Brooks's uh, History of the World Part One. Also, um, after Sanford and Son, Fred Fox did a series called Sanford Arms, and um, he was standing behind those stages, uh, having a cigarette or something between takes, and that's where he had his heart attack. Oh, wow. So mm. we would always go back there and say, hey, this is where Red Fox died. Mm. Um, but, uh, you know, so there is a lot of history um, uh, on those stages. The um, If you think back on uh, History of the World Part 1, there's the Spanish Inquisition scene with the swimming pool. That swimming pool stage was where the uh, cafeteria was. <laughs> so, you know, the, there's a little bit of comedy history right there. So. Yeah, that's great. And now, um, now to, to uh, one stage was was primarily the the, the cafeteria, and okay. there's a few other, you know, cafeteria student lounge. There are a few things that are shoved in the corner, like the dorm rooms. Uh, season one, it was a couple of the offices. Um, John Oliver's office was over there. Um, um, uh, Senior Chang's office was was tucked in the corner there. And then on the other stage was um, the classrooms and uh, every you know hallways. Now imagine a rectangle and divide it into four quadrants. And, you know, going from, you know, upper left is A, upper right is B, lower left is C, and lower right is D. That's how we referred to it. So there was the hallways that went through those those uh, quadrants mm-hmm. or around those quadrants. And D was the, um, was, uh, the study room. Mm-hmm. And quadrant a that was the dean's office and the um uh the the front desk the admissions office and then um b was where we had a classroom that was the uh spanish classroom season one season two is the biology lab right. um uh it was also the um uh history you know, whatever was the, the permanent classroom, whatever class they all took that season, that was in B. Mm-hmm. And then um, C, what we called classroom C, that was where all the swing sets were. That would be whenever you saw a bathroom, whenever you saw storage rooms, whenever you saw, you know, whatever, uh, that was built in that section. Mm-hmm. So um, it was a lot of juggling around making things fit yeah it sounds like it uh, getting creative with angles and uh, and placement yeah and yeah. it's the um for instance uh uh Troy abed's apartment which of course we all loved you know <laughs> the, the quirkiness of that and the reason why it was so oddly built is because um it we still had Parts of the um, Abed's dorm room and parts of Senior Chang's office that were right there. Mm-hmm. So we left the headers, which were, you know, the pieces overhead. We left those up. We left some of the walls. And then we just kind of, you know, said, okay, this is going to be the general area of it. We had plans. Things didn't fit. I had to make the kitchen fit. So that's why there's a 
angled wall in the kitchen because uh, we ran out of space and it was supposed to be square, but we were, you know, pressed right up to the fire lane. That's so, funny. so, um, uh, so it was just jammed in there as tight as we could. And then the, the window walls, um, to the, to the apartment, those things we had on cables so they could, they could fly straight up mm-hmm. so they could shoot straight into the, you know, film straight into the apartment. Mm-hmm. And the whole fire escape was, uh, was made out of, um, uh, fence pieces that we bought from Home Depot and built a rolling cart and fabricated a uh, fire escape and that was all on a rolling platform. That's so so we could roll in the, yeah. we could roll in the fire escape and roll it out. The fire escape was all um, uh, that the whole exterior was was mimicking the um, uh, the exterior of what we call New York street on Paramount lot. Uh-huh. So that way they were going to have at times people, you know, coming in and out of the window on the third story, but that never happened. Mm. And so it, it, that's copying part of Paramount. Oh, wow. We're getting a, a history lesson and it's really, really fascinating. What, uh, what were some of your favorite set pieces then? What, uh, you know, let's start talking well, about some of the, the, the really well, epic ones. Well, my my personal favorite is uh, and where I love the episode was the uh, the inspector space time phone booth. The very first one we rented an English phone booth, and those things are made out of steel. Those and it, you know the ones that was for the one that was for rent had wheels on it, and it took. It took like six people to be able to push that thing because it was it's just so heavy. It's all steel. So um, the the construction coordinator said, you know, plus we're we're paying a fortune on renting the thing. Every time we need to use it, we need to rent it. So he goes, how about we build one? So I got to copy the the British phone box, and you know there was a lot of things that had to. Uh, figure out as I went, you know, the, the building, the side panels, that was easy, like doing doors and windows, mm-hmm. the dome at the top, um, we, um, did a fiber class. Um, we put, um, release wax on the top of the original phone, phone booth, uh, did a, um, a fiberglass mold of it. Mm-hmm. And that way, and then just cut it and sanded it down and made it look like the curved top. Uh, the fun part was figuring out how to get the little crowns across the, the upper part, the, the little, um, there's on at the top of each side of the, the phone booth, there's a, a, a crown and we're like, well, how do we do that? So we, I put a box up against it, covered it with wax, poured in plaster. And then we, we just, made plaster molds from that from the original one so it was a lot of how are we going to do this and when we got done it could be two people could push the thing Hmm. so it's right now still kicking around somewhere you know rented out a set piece um somewhere (laughs) it's still kicking around hollywood wow that's great any other um favorite set pieces let's talk about the um uh, we could talk about the pillow forts. We could talk about um... oh, the pillow fort. That was um, 
you know, the, the first time with the pillow for it, it was everything had to be we had to film it um, two different ways, because, you know, if you're building a pillow fort, like I'm sure everybody with their kids right now stuck in the house yeah. are building pillow forts, um, you know, that you're you're tying stuff off to the bookcase and over a chair or whatever. Well, for the filming inside of the pillow fort, we were able to, you know, just tie ropes onto the fabric and hang it. Mm-hmm. But then when you want to see from the outside, you know, you can't see the ropes. So we made these little um, wooden jacks with curved tops mm-hmm. that we could set inside of it that would push the fabric up so they could shoot from the outside. So when it was on the outside, when you saw the outside of it, it was, um, you know, it just had wooden jacks on the inside to hold it up. But when they're inside the fort, you know, it was all suspended from the ceiling. Yeah. So that was, and then doing the, um, the, um, well, that was the blanket fort. Doing the pillow fort, right. it was, that was just, that was just so much fun. That was, you know, they, they, they cleaned out cushion, the, the set decorators, uh, bought cushions from every place they could in town and then made a bunch of cushions and, um we also there were some some of them were just boxes covered with fabric and <laughs> it was all kinds of improvising that we did and it was so much fun to, between takes the crew would um i i actually saw a couple of crew members crawl into into the pillow fort at areas and would take naps <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh and we all hung out in there uh-huh. it was so much fun oh that <laughs> Oh, um, what was it like being in the study room? Is it as magical as all of us fans would uh, think it is? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it did. It, 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 um, that was, that was pretty special. Mm-hmm. There was, um, I'll tell you, if you look when you, when you're watching an episode and you're looking, um, over, um, Chevy Chase's shoulder, Troy's shoulder mm-hmm. and, um, through the windows, there's no set of windows, and you can see a courtyard back there. And the, you would see students walking in the courtyard. And, you know, next time you watch, just kind of look, look at the background, and you'll see that. And um, that courtyard was between um, uh, classroom B and the study room, and there was a hallway right there. Yep. So it was, it, was, it was finished off on all, th- all four sides. But to get into the courtroom, uh, the the courtyard, um, we had a huge um, uh, door wall that was right between the two that with a window in it that you could roll out the way. It was like a, a, a big door on, on wheels. And so you can open it up and um, they, uh, the assistant directors called it the hamster cage. Because they would they would open it up, they would put a couple of extras in there, and they had to walk laps around <laughs> inside of there, and you know they'll close it back up. So because they're in this one area, just walking in circles, it was that's, known as the hamster cage. That's really funny. And um, there was also a secret door that we had. Um, it would have been over Britta's shoulder and it was just another part of the wall that they could open up and use as a camera port mm. or they could leave it open so they could watch, you know, the, 
um, director or whatever can watch the filming going on and, uh, you know, then they can close it back up. So, and it was fun doing stuff like cutting in the air conditioner duct in there and um, uh, having, <coughs> excuse me, having the duct um, in the, um, having a little fake piece coming out that we could remove. Uh-huh. And um, so you, the, you can see the beginning of the crawl space. Hmm. So. Yeah. I, um, I think the, um, an, another really epic uh, set piece would be from intro to statistics. Justin Lin wants this epic uh, rescue scene of a towering set of uh, chairs. So I'm sure you had something to do with the tower of chairs uh, that Abed rescues the Beastmaster and and Joel from underneath it. Oh yes, that was the uh, the Halloween episode yeah, you're talking mm-hmm, about. Yep. Oh yeah, that was um, that was that was fun. It was um, see, and that that again is doing those things of like you're just kind of figuring it out mm-hmm. as you go. You know how do you how do you um, you know, make sure this doesn't fall on anybody, you know, it's like zip tying a lot of the chairs together and um, having a little bit of a wooden structure that, you know, they're sitting, the chairs are on. Mm -hmm. So that way it can still move a little, you can get a little undulation with it, but it's not going to hurt anybody. Right. Right. Hmm. That's, that's really cool. Um, Well, speaking of Joel, um, I'm curious, did you have any, um, fun cast interactions did you get to, to be around to any of them um you know if it's funny one of my favorite one of the the absolute nicest people on the set was ken john hmm. he was uh and it ends up um the two of us had a connection from new orleans because you know of course he's a medical doctor and he did his residency in in new orleans hmm. and he was part of an improv comedy group that performed every Friday and Saturday night. And I used to go to see that comedy group and also with, with um, a couple of my good friends. Well, one of my friends started dating one of the people that was in that comedy group. And, you know, one of the times I came down while working on community and was visiting um, my friend Fayard goes, so how's Ken doing? I went, Ken, what do you mean? He goes, Ken John. Remember, he was in, in, in Brown with us. Huh. And I was like, the, the group was called Brown. Uh-huh. And uh, he goes, remember, he was in Brown with us. Oh, my God, that's right, he was. Huh. So the next time I was on set, um, I went up to Ken and said, Fayard said, hi. And he goes, you know Fayard? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so the two of us, you know, we, we just struck with, struck up a friendship because we both knew the same people. Yeah. And, you know, and he was always he, he's all, he was always just so gracious and one of the nicest people. Um, the uh, uh, Jonathan Banks, who played the instructor in season five, sure, yeah. uh, who's Mike from uh, Breaking Bad yeah. and all that. Another one of just the absolute nicest people you will ever meet. He was, um, I, I wore one of my Breaking Bad t-shirts and I got a picture with him, uh, <laughs> with, with the Breaking Bad sure, t-shirt. Yeah, and it great. was, um, he was, he was, he was great. He would come and sit with the crew and have lunch. You know, everybody was, everybody with the cast were all so, 
um, personable, you know, I've done a lot of shows and over the years it's been, um, with community, we're, we're like a family. We still call ourselves the community family, you know, and as far as like all the, the, the drivers, the set decorators, the, uh, props people, we all end up circling back to, you know, when we run into each other on another show, we're always circle back to community in some way. You know, talking about that wonderful time. Yeah, yeah. I've heard that same thing from some of the writers that I've talked to. It just There's just, just something unique about the experience that uh, com- the community community. Um, it was. It was. It was because it was such of a fly by your seat of the pants. <laughs> it was figuring it out as you went. It was like late night, you know, it's like we have to get the set put up while they're filming on that same stage. Mm-hmm. That means we have to go in at midnight and start working and work, work until the cast showed until the crew showed up at 10 AM. And then, then we get to go home. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like a lot of overnight stuff and it was just figuring it out as you went. <laughs> wow. Uh, did you ever get to be on screen at all? Actually, I did. Yeah. It was because, um, because uh, me, it, see, I'm I'm such of a sci-fi fan. You know, anything of the geek world of of, of Doctor Who. I've been watching my my first Doctor was the Fourth Doctor. Yeah. Um, it was everything about, and every day at work, I had a different sci-fi pop culture T-shirt on, and so you know, I've just been known as being this big Star Wars, Star Trek fan. And the episode that we were doing the sci-fi convention, I was just totally geeking out because my wife and I would go to uh, Comic-Con every year and go to the other conventions. And I was like, oh, my God, we're filming a sci-fi convention. Mm -hmm. Well, the the coordinator knew that I was – just totally geeking out on this. So he talked to the uh, producers and they'd let me be in the episode of um, I'm just walking around, you know, it was just one day of shooting, but I got to walk around the convention floor. And there's the scene where Troy Odbed and Matt Lewis are in the panel and they are having the, you know, they're discussing while there's the panel going on, uh, Inspector Space Time panel. Right. And I'm sitting in the front row. I'm sitting like right in front of Matt Lewis. Hmm. And it was like, that was just so cool. And I just had, you know, one of the few times I've been acting. And, um, and also for the posters around the, um, the convention floor where they had posters of the different villains of inspector space time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all know that, you know, Joel was thorax and then there was the Dr. Morbis or something like that. I forget what the doctor name was. And he was the art director posed for that one. Huh. Well, the one for Umlautsen, the Viking <laughs> guy, that was me. Oh, I, um, uh, yeah, they took, I, I went in, they took a bunch of pictures with me with a Viking helmet on and also did some other strange, you know, other poses. And they ended up picking that one with me, like yelling with my fist out and they, <laughs> they photoshopped on a beard. And um, somehow that poster, I think it ended up, you know, 
not returned. <laughs> yeah. But um, yes. <laughs> you know, anyway, so it's like I got to be in that. Oh, in the subway uh, when it's season six and they sold it to subway. Yes. I'm hanging the sign in the in front of the library. Uh-huh. And I'm also hanging another sign in the in the um, cafeteria. So it was like just so just so meta to yeah. be. You know, I'm just so lucky because I love the show so much. I am a super fan of the show and of the pop culture and uh, actually be in it and be part of that. That's really, really special. That's pretty cool. And it's it's just great that we're getting to hear these stories. Um, You know, so then as a fan, you know, what's your favorite season to work on? You know, I, you know, I've thought about that a lot. and. it's got to be probably it, it. It's always a toss up between two and three. Mm. You know, it's um, um, three. I think we really hit, you know, our stride in that time. You know, there was um, two was a blast. Now, every every season we thought we're never getting picked up. Yeah. Season one, we're like, oh, that's it. Let's hope, let's hope we could, we get another year of this. Season two, we finished off with all the paintball. And um, that was a blast. We shot up the whole school, which, by the way, here's a little trivia for you. Um, the paint from the paintball doesn't show up on camera real well, even though we had a lot of specially made paintballs. Huh. So um, there's a most of the paintballs you saw were, um, you know, actual paint. But some of the brighter ones, they actually printed vinyl decals of paint splats huh. because that shows up on camera better. And that was the same thing for, um, you know, uh, other episodes and they fl- flashbacks to paintballs. There was a lot of vinyl decals that were, you know, also colored in a little bit. So it would just show up on camera better. Mm. But at the end of season two, we were like, oh, no way this is going to get picked up. We were like three days. We were construction department. We're always the last ones out. We're picking up the tools. We're about three days away from just calling it quits and everybody making phone calls and looking for their next job. And then construction qu- and we're like, the whole school is just torn up and we're like, well, the show's not coming back. We're just, <laughs> you know, when they rip the sets apart, we're just going to leave it like this. Construction coordinator called me and said, Chris, how long do you think it would take to put the whole school back together? Oh my <laughs> I was like, and we're like, what? And he said, well, looks like we're going to have a season three. So um, let's start figuring it out. So we had a whole crew of the laborers coming in to clean all the walls. And that's all an oily mess on the walls and the paintball. So there's a lot of scrubbing uh, the doors. It was, you know, regular old household interior doors. It was like I think it was like 22 different doors we had to replace because the paintballs just went right through the doors. And so most of the school had to be rebuilt. And, you know, there was all the things like the the fire extinguisher uh, or the the overhead sprinkler Mm -hmm. system of the paint in Mm -hmm. in hallway C. And, and that was like just a mess. And then the, when, uh, ben and Annie are kissing in there. There's the paint uh, going out outside of the study room. We built a little bit. We built a little bit of a berm just to contain all that paint. Mm-hmm. But um, 
you know, it was still all over the place. <laughs> it sounds like there's a there's a definite inspiration for the season six uh, paintball, where the janitors are revol- you know get mad because of all the paintball episodes. <laughs> sounds absolutely. <like. laughs> and the end of season two, end of season two, when Abed's talking about the janitor, and he's like, uh huh. You know, cleaning up, and he's like, uh-huh. you know, all fun. You know, yeah. that was that was us. That yeah. was that was the way we felt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. But I tell you, season, oh, both of those seasons is a hard call. I mean, that was that was just some some wonderful times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Um, so, so there's a, a little segment I have in in. Um, the show where I have some people ask some questions from there's this thing called discord. If, if uh, this is what, yeah. The, yeah. So that's right. You're, you're on the discord too. I think. Yeah. That's how I met yeah, you. Yeah. That's discord. right. Yeah. Well, some of the guys <laughs> asked some questions. Um, and Excellent. so, yeah. So lag asks, uh, how many people are typically on, uh, the, your construction crew with you? Um, typically, we ran with maybe on on when it was kind of slow. Construction includes the painters, uh, plasters, laborers, um, and we had maybe about a dozen that were always the the regular ones. Sometimes when we had big sets, like the first time we built Senor Kevin's, hmm. um, God, we had maybe about forty guys, wow. you know, building that. And uh, there was also a couple of the other. Um, really big ones. Uh, a couple of the Halloween episodes. That was like a good like forty people running around just building. So yeah, yeah, I can imagine the the zombie episode. Just all of the everything that goes involved with that episode. Um. So, oh, so Dom asks, uh, how long did it take to turn the cafeteria into the carnival with the blade episode? This was, uh, Oh yeah. The yeah. carnival. That was great. It took us, um, that, that was the better part of a week. You know, it was, um, maybe about five, you know, it was about five days. We did that. We did, you know, it was like all those little things that had to be put in, you know, the clown's mouth, you know, the, um, the different little booths, some of that stuff was rented. Some of that stuff we made and, uh, we got to start building some of that, um, like a day or two beforehand. And then it was a better part of a week to, uh, set that all up. And then, got it all taken apart probably in about two days. So is there anything if, if, you know, with the inside track, is there any way that we could tell it's the cafeteria? Is there anything we should look for? Mm. Hard to say. Yeah. I think just by the space of, it. you know, and, and there was so many things uh, that we just banged together in that set. You know, we, we coined a phrase when we were building a set, uh, you know, because communities run down broken college with no money. And so when we're building something and something just doesn't match, you know, where it didn't look right, we're like, oh, that's Greendale good. So <laughs> that became our term. And then still some of the guys to stay at work with, we're doing something and, you know, it just has to be kind of, you know, shoddy looking. So uh, just make it Greendale good. <laughs> I love it. Were there any other sets that you had to repurpose for another scene? Oh my God. There was lots probably. 
Oh my God. Lots of like Troy Nobbett's apartment was, uh, um, that was all repurposed, mostly repurposed. Uh, every time Jeff's apartment, he, had, you know, we had that, that was repurposed. Mm-hmm. Um, the, um, oh my God, it was just, it was just so much, yeah. um, just turning things around. Now there were some things that, you know, like the, the hallways, the hallways never got touched. And, and like we, they, we were even cutting into one of the walls for something. And I made sure nobody touched the wall that had the mouse hole in it. <laughs> it was the mouse hole stayed there till the very end, you know, from season one. Mm-hmm. So that stayed there wow. till the very end. There's a lot of, a lot of the, the, the walls, the sets were just, you know, that was, I love the sets. I knew them inside out. Yeah. And then when we were doing for season four, we were, uh, there was a, a brief courtroom and um, actually had to cut open one of the walls. Why not? I mean, I turned one of the single mm-hmm. doors into a double door. And I cut into one of the walls that had been standing there for four years. And I tell you for a second, I felt a little emotional. <laughs> no, I, I, I could totally understand that. Yeah, yeah. I felt like, you know, God, no, this is part of my baby. <laughs> were there any builds um, that you had to do um, that were kind of uh, nightmare builds? <sighs> oh, man. Lots. That's a loaded question. Yeah. I'm trying to, it, that just becomes a blur yeah <laughs> there was a lot of uh courtroom um the uh there was also the whole sunroom oh the sunroom from the um everything with the heating and air conditioning there was oh the, yeah um the room temperature room getting that sliding door to work now the you know the the set stages are old and there's dips in the floor Mm -hmm. and so it was like all the cabinets that we put in down the hallway oh it's sitting in a hole in the floor so we have to you know shim it up and you know rebuild things and then the sliding door for the um room temperature room that was that was actually took us a little time to get that thing to work right Mm -hmm. And um, also the two chambers for uh, the, the the challenge that um, Troy had of you know building the air fixing the putting the sure. air conditioner yeah. back together in the in the box those boxes were tough and that whole that whole set um, around that time it was like everything that was the changing over to to the heating and air conditioning side of the school that was always a bit of a pain. <laughs> so yeah, it's introducing this whole new paradigm, whole new world into what you already know. And, and uh, yeah, yeah. I can bet. It, it was a lot of working with what you have. Mm-hmm. It's, um, um, you know, sometimes, you know, they, it, it's not buckets of money, you know, it's like, uh, we got, we managed to do what we did and stayed in budget as much as we did because we just, reuse stuff mm-hmm. you know just kept slicing and dicing well um as i start moving us towards some some general questions and kind of zoom out a bit um do you have any other um stories about uh about, com- uh, about community and any builds you know there was a there's a fun one you know every you know with chevy chase 
I tell you, he was always such of a, he was always great with the crew, mm. you know, and um, he gave us uh, for Christmas the first year, he gave everybody a urine detector, which was, you know, one of, a black light uh-huh. flashlight. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, um, and I forgot, there was something else that was funny, but I remember the urine detector. That was, that was funny. And then one time, so you had the Paramount lot, there's these little tour buses that go around and um, the community, and when they would pull up on a community set, we would let the tours see the set, but the tour driver had to stop the tram. He would go in and ask, Hey, are you shooting today? Is it okay to go in this set? You know, and if it was, then he'll go back out and get the people off the tram and bring them in. Well, one time that he stopped the tram, he goes in to ask if the set was clear. Right then, Chevy Chase comes out of his trailer. He sees the tram sitting there with no driver. So he jumps in the driver's seat and starts driving around the Paramount back lot, giving people just a total BS tour. And I was like, yeah, and this is where William Shatner shagged that girl. And this is where, you know, just did, you know, just drove around a little bit. The tour guide came out. Looked down and saw his tram gone. Oh <laughs> he couldn't gosh. figure. And Chevy just went like around one of the buildings and came back and parked and took pictures with everybody. But that was that was pretty funny. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Well, I think um, you know it's interesting. You've had a, a lot of experiences being behind the scenes on these shows. You know, I think just from a bigger picture, you know, what are some misconceptions that people have about TV? Maybe how it's made. Oh, oh my God, quite a few, you know, it's, um, um, it's not, you know, no matter, no matter what the show, it's, you don't have as much time as you, you think to put things together. Mm. Also, um, you know, I used to be one before I got into the movie business of, of like finding continuity errors. And, you know, when now I'm very forgiving, because like when, you know, sometimes you got got to go back and reshoot a scene and you're trying your best to recreate everything that was there before, you know, hair and makeup, trying to get everything mm-hmm. right, costumes, trying to get everything right. And then, um, you know, when you see something that's a little off, um, I'm kind of forgiving because you're talking about like 60 different people that are you know, trying to recreate something that happened before. So, you know, it's like, there's a lot that goes in. There's a lot that goes into every episode and it's a very long hours. Um, You know, the, the shooting construction, we work between 10 hours, 12 hours a day shooting crew could go, you know, 14 hours. And then sometimes they're going into the night and then turn around and have to come back in the, you know, the next morning and, you know, they get a turnaround. Sometimes they, they, the next day they don't have to come in until like one o'clock, you know, but it's, it's long, it's grueling, grueling. It's, uh, you know, you got to love what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> luckily you're working on a great show. So that, that yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, why do you think fans are still excited about community after all these years? Why are you still you know, excited? It's genius. It's just a genius show. It it hits upon pop culture. It um it pushes those those buttons in all of us of everything of Dungeons and Dragons and and um uh 
Star Star Trek Darkest Timeline, and you know, it's just mm. so many different um, different little pop culture references that you know we can watch and go, I get that. Not to mention, it was just so um, so brilliant. Just so each one of the characters is so brilliant. The uh, first paintball episode, paintball um, episode was had to be my favorite just because of the way that it, you know, the whole storyline to it, the um, alluding to warriors, alluding to all the different, these, mm-hmm. all these other movies. And throughout the season, there was um, reference to uh, just so many movies and, you know, we could see stuff in that and, you know, identify it. And it's part of our culture. It's part of our childhood. Mm-hmm. And, um, and saying, you know, because people who are sci-fi, we're just, we're the, we're the oddballs. We're the weird people. <laughs> we're the ones that like the, the, the subgenres and the anime. And, and to see something that just totally embraces it without making fun of it yeah. is, is, you know, it's like validation. It's like, yeah, there's people like me in the world. Yep. I totally agree. That's great. Do you have a favorite episode or two? Uh, Got to be the first paintball yeah. episode. Yeah. Got to be the first one. I think that everything from, um, you know, what we did for that, you know, we had to reinforce one of the walls for, for Abed to come running in the hallway at the beginning to, and kind of kicks to, off the yeah, wall. We yeah. had to, we had to reinforce that so he doesn't put his foot through the wall. And, you know, it was like shooting up the walls with the paintballs and doing the silhouettes. And it was just uh, – and then the way that the whole episode was was shot, it was written, the lighting to it, it was um, – and, and the storyline was just mm-hmm. – it was brilliant. It was – I think that one – Oh, you know what? And then the timelines. Yeah. <laughs> Troy Nobbett's first apartment. Yeah. yeah. First paintball, I think, was the best. Yeah, that's great. So this is a two-parter. You know, there's you can have a favorite character, I'd love to know, and, and then maybe one character or two characters that you most relate to. Hmm. Okay, favorite character was Leonard. <laughs> um, and uh, his his real name escapes me. Such a sweetheart. He passed away a couple of years ago. But Richard you know, Erdman. He, Richard Erdman. Yep. And um, look him up on um, IMDb and look at what he's done yeah. in Hollywood yep. and look at his experience. And the guy was, you know, star of TV shows in the 50s. Yep. And the guy's been, he did so much. And I tell you, he was the gentlest, kindest, you know, just most personal person we all love. We all loved him. Yeah. And I think his character was great because, I mean, he gets to walk on and and and, and get these fantastic insults lobbed at him, <laughs> you know, and he was just showing up in the oddest places. And I think Leonard had to be by far my 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 favorite character that's great i actually have a connection with uh, with him um uh, my grandfather was uh, uh on tv um in the 50s and 60s and back in the 40s well, uh, this was a 50s movie i think he was in a movie called jumping jacks with dean martin and jerry lewis with richard erdman and my grandfather uh, was in that movie as well um, wow so that's cool yeah I, I, w- I only wish that i would have been able to you know 
find a way to talk to uh, Leonard and, and do something like this and ask him about, you know, Hey, do you remember Don DeFore? He was on, on Hazel and Ozzy and Harriet. He probably would. Yeah. You know, he was, he, he was, he was, he was just such of a gentleman. He was just such a sweetheart and, you know, just, you know, so nice. And then he got into that cranky old man mode, you know, just, you know, great actor. So, Do you have any characters that um, you relate to then? Maybe like. Who? I think if you meld uh, Troy and Abed, Mm. (laughs) you know, put them together because, you know, I'm, you know, I'm the geek. Here it is. I'm sitting around in my Chewbacca t-shirt right now. (laughs) And, um, and I actually scored a jacket from the Mandalorian. And so it's a, you know, just just being the uber sci-fi, you know, nerd, and to see those two guys that you know geeking out on on TV shows and um, not afraid to be silly, yeah. you know, and just but more importantly, being yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you don't have to fit against the social norms. Just you know, be yourself, and that's yeah. why those two. You know, as as a as like one entity, that's what I relate to. Yeah, I mean, I think Abed really transformed Troy in that first season, um, and you yeah. know, to be who he really is, not the you know the jock and the not jock. the you know the one dimensional character that he was. Got to show him yeah. it's okay to be this person. Yeah. It's okay to be childish. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So I have to ask uh, season four, do you watch it or do you skip it? You worked on <laughs> I it. I watch it. So yeah, I, I, I worked on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched it and you know what? There was good moments in season yeah. four. It was, it was, it was awkward. Hmm. It was definitely very awkward. Um, you know, there was um, almost a blur. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I tell you, the, the funniest was that was the same season as the Muppets. Yes, if I if I remember right, yep. because uh, we did the the we set up the whole cafeteria as the forest. Um, I actually got to meet Sarah Borales, hmm. you know, big fan of hers, sure. and um, the. Um, but we, you know, we were shooting that last day of shooting. We're you know doing all the puppet stuff and. You know, of course, there's a lot of times they shoot more than what's actually used. And um, as they were finishing off different, you know, people got Jason Alexander out of there, finished his stuff. Um, nice guy. And um, finished up people. And then we got down to the very last scene that was filmed for episode, for season four was uh, Pierce's puppet um, sitting uh, sitting on the toilet taking a dump, referring to it as a growler, <laughs> taking a growler or whatever. Yeah. And the filming of that was the very last part of season four. And the producer, you know, we're all standing around watching it. And right when they said, okay, that's a wrap. And the producer goes, what better way to finish this season? <laughs> <laughs> wow. So it was, um, and there again, we took apart the sets after that one. We're like, mm-hmm. we're not coming back. Yeah. And then, sure enough, we're back for season five and took the sets apart and came back for season six at CBS Studios. Yeah. So, 
Oh, which, by the way, I know people are curious about the columns, you know, yeah. that in season six, there's columns everywhere that, you know, here's the real story why there's columns and the Frisbees. That was a blast doing that. Um, but uh, the columns, we were in the uh, basement set at CBS Radford Studios, and it was set. As a matter of fact, that's the same location as the Gilligan's Island Lagoon was, you know, right wow. in that area. Um, but uh, we're in the basement, and there's all these concrete columns everywhere, and we're like, how do we how do we put this up? This is all in the way, and. And, you know, everybody from higher up said, just put up the sets. We'll figure out how to put it in the, in the, in the show. And, you know, we had columns in the middle of the cafeteria and we had columns in the study room and in the hallways. And so we had to reconfigure things. And, you know, it's because we moved the set. And I thought it was pretty clever of reinforcing the ceiling, you know, doing the whole Frisbees. That was just genius. Hmm. Yeah, that's really, really, really fascinating. What do you feel about the prospects of a movie? I'm holding out hope. <laughs> I'm holding out hope. I'm, I'm, I'm stay connected with some of the people, and you know, they do a movie. They better call me because nobody <laughs> knows how Greendale went together better than me. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right. Uh, so, uh, if we have any uh, Neil Goldman's listening to this, uh, if we have any uh, Dan Harmon's listening to this, um, make it happen, guys. Um, yeah, give me a shout. I know Greendale. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah, thank you so much, Chris, for being on the, the podcast. Um, it was a, a, so uh, such a pleasure on my end to hear. Uh, this was a pleasure also. Thank uh, you for having me. Sure, yeah, thank you. Thank you.